0: Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. It's good. I've missed you. Some of you do not know me. Do not adjust your screens. I am a white man. (laughs) It's like, man, he looks good. Some of of y'all don't know who I am. Uh, John and I uh, have known each other for 22 years. Wow. And uh, as Brother Carlos said, um, him and I were in the United States Army together. We met in basic training. Uh, I always like to say, our, my uncle Sam and our uncle Sam introduced us to each other, and so uh, you know, God saw fit a few years ago to uh, reacquaint us. Um, John had gotten saved, I got a little more saved, and uh, we found out that we were we were both pastors, and uh, here we are, man, like wow. doing it. Um, uh, yeah, thanks. Like three people, like, it's good, but can we hear John instead? Um, Listen, dad will be back next week. It'll be fine. You can do him and me a favor by, if it seems remotely funny, you should laugh. Um, Because here's the thing is that if you want more, then give me more, and then I'll give you more. That's how it is. Uh, Before I get on my message, though, do want to recognize today is Pastor Appreciation Sunday. Um, some, some people always think, that seems kind of weird. Why do, why do they get a special day? I'll tell you why. Because this is the most thankless job in the world. That's why. And, and you know what? Mom gets a day. Dad gets a day. Can pastor get a day? Just a, just a day when people don't creep. you know? There's only one man in this room that's going to stand before God and have to give an account, and it's John Butcher. That's it. And, and, and so because of that, the Bible says that they're worthy of double honor. That's what the Bible says. This is very biblical to honor your leaders. Um, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 17, to obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. They literally watch out for your souls. People get it twisted in their minds that, you know, people walk away from the world and walk away from uh, what, what the world offers because we want to have a church one day where we decide how hot it is in the sanctuary. Like, that's just not how it works. Like, we didn't, we didn't walk away from the world because we like to choose the songs. That's not how it works. It's because God calls men of God to bring you to Him. It's the greatest gift to humanity. The Bible says, And I will give you shepherds after my heart. And that's what you have with John and Kaya. The scripture says, Let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. Very unprofitable for you. Amen? Amen? So be nice and quit being a bunch of knuckleheads, all right? <laughs> Appreciate them and just do what they say. And if, and if they get unbiblical, you call me and I'm on the next plane, okay? I'll come down here and, and I'm submitted to him and he is submitted to me. And so if you ever got a problem, you just call, call me and I'll come running, okay? Sounds good. I do want to recognize my friend Wade is here. Raise your hand, Wade. He drove a couple hours. You uh, live in, what's the name, St. Claus something? Paso Robles. So he drove all the way up because he wanted to hear me preach. So uh, you guys can love on him. Treat him as family. He loves the Lord. You guys are like, who's this guy? Uh, he came up because he loves me and Crystal. Um, all right, let's pray for this message. Father God, we love you, we praise you, we glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and that it's active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, God. We pray today that this word would cut to the heart of all of us, God, myself included. God, let it minister to me. Let it minister to your people. Help me get through it without crying my eyes out, Jesus. God, I need your strength. Give me your strength in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, it's pastor appreciation, and I am a pastor of a church, and so I want to preach what I want to preach about, and I know that people say, well, you know, shouldn't you come down and preach, and I'm like, and they always say to the pastor, man, I'm preach whatever the Lord lay on your heart, and the Lord laid on me to preach whatever I want to preach, so I want to talk about Kaya today. You know, John, John and Kaya are special people. Yes, they're so special. And to know John is to watch him love his Kaya. Man, he loves you. It's, it's actually kind of disgusting to be in the same room with them. They're you know, like a couple of teenagers. They're handsy on each other, and they kind of look at each other a certain kind of way. It's, it's rather disgusting. Um... <laughs> You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. John loves his body, and he loves his wife. (laughs) You know, I was always jealous of John's body. You know, uh, he likes to tell the story when we were in the army, he always says, Matt had a body like a Greek god. And I did, but I never had the abs. Like, John always had abs, and so he'd always like find a reason to kind of pull up his shirt and kind of scratch a little bit, you know. Just like, oh, yeah, just so you know, I got them, you know. They're in there, and, and, and it was kind of like a badge of honor that he had those things. You know, for his, 50, for his 50th, he brought them out of retirement. I think, I think he didn't eat for a whole year, and he only had them for a week, but he did bring them back. If you, if you know the story of John and Kaya, they, they met on the internet, old school, Black Planet, uh, it's been a long time. God can even use a donkey to bring people together. And one of the, uh, one of the things I love about John and Kyle, how many of y'all remember Black Planet? Black Planet? I wasn't on there, but I remember it. Uh, and uh, some of y'all, the kid's are like, what's Black Planet? Are we on that? Uh, and so they, they didn't even kiss each other until they got to the altar. 18 month courtship and they never kissed until they got to the altar praise god i i met my wife is here with me this morning i i'm woo. man we met married in 4 months time and we made out all the time it was so good but i was 22 you know what i'm saying this is how it is John loves Kaya because he's given himself to her, and, and, and to know John, like, he's a catch, like, he really is. He's, he's got what, what, the, what people call swagger, you know what I mean? Like, he just carries himself a certain kind of way, just the way he walks. You know, I've, I've got him by quite a few inches. I'm taller than him, but he walks like he's taller than me, you know, because he, he had it before people even knew what it was, like, he's... He's cooler than the other side of the pillow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, that's just how he is. And in his life, as I've seen him, he's always done everything to take care of Kaya. He, I'm sure there's times Kaya would say, well, he does tell me no sometimes, but I don't see it. And, and uh, there's a great story that I love that Kaya told me one time. They, they had gone to an event, and I don't remember what event it was, and, and how many of you in here are saved? Say amen if you're saved. Now, how many of you would admit that you're like 99.9% saved, right? I mean, there, there's a little part of me you just kind of keep in your back pocket if you need to pull that every once in a while. Mine, uh, mine always comes out in traffic. Pray for me, right? And uh, so they're at this event, and I, I forget what the event, it's irrelevant, but, but they're there. And there's food and there's everything else. And Kaya had to get into this row to her assigned seat. And John had something else in the venue to tend to. And so Kaya comes in and there was some guy that was there that gave her some sort of grief. And I don't remember the grief. I don't remember what he said. But it was such that Kaya told me as she was walking back to her seat, oh, John's going to show up. And so she got to her seat and the, the row was filled with people. The guy that had given her grief was down at the end. John shows up, and all Kaya says is, Bear, get that guy. And John didn't know what it was for or why he had to do it. Kaya said, get him, Bear, and Bear came out, amen? Bear took care of his bride. That's what, 99.9% saved where my people at. John and I have been uh, friends for many years. It, it's so precious that, you know, when guys get alone, uh, guys can be 100% vulnerable. And, and John is a man that I am 100% vulnerable with every area of my life. And he is with me. And in those times, those special times when we're alone, either on the phone or in person, I will tell you, he always honors his wife. He never has a word course to say about her. In his actions, when, when we're together, his everything belongs to her. And, and it's, it's, it's biblically ironic that this man's medical condition is an enlarged heart. It's the funniest thing in the world to me because it so describes who he is with an enlarged heart. And, and, and in spite of an enlarged heart, he, he's a provider for his family. Um, he, he puts his hand to the plow. I mean, Carlos was talking about him coming down here. It's because he's a provider. He's a worker. He's gonna do whatever it needs to do to be able to take care of his family. He does it at his home. Uh, he does it everywhere that he goes to take care of his bride. And if, you, and if you ever spend any time with John, you know that his energy goes to his bride. And, and the age that he's at now, he's what, 51, 52, 51, 51. He, he, get, he got the old man disease. It shows up at about three or four in the afternoon, where you'll catch him up against something in his mouth like this? Because all his energy is going to his bride. This scripture applies to marriage. John 12, 25. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Do you know that marriage only works when you die to self? If you're married or you hope to be married one day, you cannot bring selfishness into your marriage. And, and when you look at John and Kiah's relationship, his relationship with his bride, it's because he has died to self. Uh, it's funny, people think all these scriptures don't apply to marriage. Uh, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Another reason why John loves his bride is that he loves her with the word of God because he wants her to grow spiritually. You know, Kaya, you're a woman of the word, and I love that about you. I, I love that you are all Bible all day, and I, and I see it when I spend time with you, is that you allow the Bible to correct you, you allow the Bible to guide you, and direct you. You live according to the word. Uh, my wife was saying about uh, the last time you came up for a retreat, and she woke up in the morning, and, and, and she found you sitting on your bunk, Bible open, journal open, feasting on the word of God before you even started your day. And, and, and the butcher marriage has always been based on the Bible since day one. When, when you look at their lives and you say like, man, how do I get a marriage like that? You put the word of God at the center of that relationship. They, they keep it in the front, fr- front of their lives. They talk about scripture all the time. Well, we went out to lunch at uh, La Cabana over here. Hey, who's ever been there before? Oh, touch somebody and say jalapeno sauce. Man, that stuff is so good over there, and we—if uh, Jesus, when Jesus comes back, you're gonna find him there, and uh, there's already Jesus there, but you'll find Jesus there, amen, and uh, and and uh, come on, I'm here all morning, that was good, and so we're we're out to lunch, and uh, the kids show up, and and even one of their uh, Judah had said something, and John in a loving way wasn't like correcting him, but just like sharing with him, like, hey, son, this is what the word of God says, and this is why you have to do it this way, because the Bible is at the forefront of the butcher house. Second yeah. Peter 3.18, says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Kaya would not be the woman that she is without the word. Without the word, and it comes from John leading his family with the word. He puts it at the at the doorpost, and he puts it in the hands of his kids. He talks about it as he walks down the road, and he goes throughout of his day. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness." And I will tell you, friend. The Bible is the key to any fruitful relationship. No Bible, no growth. And if you notice in your friendships or in your kid relationships or your marriage relationships, if the Bible is not in the front of it, you will not grow spiritually. My friend Pastor Raymond likes to say, do things the Bible way and you get the Bible results. And for some reason, people want to come to church and say that they love Jesus, and then when it comes to living things the Bible way, they say, well, I don't know, maybe God's going to make a special provision for me that magically my life's going to turn out like these other people that live according to the Bible, and God's going to make a provision for me when I choose to live in opposition to the Word of God. It's not true, friend. You have to live according to the Word of God. Romans 15, 4 says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. The Bible is central, man. Use it when you raise your kids and when you're dealing with your relationships. John also loves his bride because he wants her to make heaven. Like, I I know that John would say, I say, John, do you want Kai to go to heaven? He, He would, yes. Heaven's the goal, folks. You should want to go to heaven as well. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But as it is written, Eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And so what's interesting is because John loves his bride and he wants his bride to go to heaven, he doesn't create problems in his marriage to incite anger in his bride. It's the most important relationship that he has on this earth. Why would he cut off his own arm by hurting his bride? It makes no sense. It's the, re- it's the reason why when him and I talk on the phone or we spend time with each other in the whole time that I've known you, and, I, and this isn't hyperbole. This is for real. I've never heard you talk about a fight that you and your wife have been in. Because whatever you guys have been in, you squash it fast It never carries on. I mean, married people are going to have problems. That would have happened. But but I never hear you say, you know what I'm going to say to her? Do what I'm going to do to her? This is how I'm going to get her. He never gossips about his wife. He doesn't fight with her. No grudges, no anger. I've never heard him say, you know what? Do what she did to me last year. I'm going to do this to her. Why would he fight with his bride? Why would he hurt her? He, some of y'all are going to get saved today. Why, why would he ruin her in such a way that she may not make heaven based on his actions? Why would he do that? It, it makes no sense. I haven't even started preaching. This is the introduction. He loves his bride because he loves himself. See, the Bible is very clear that self-love is the beginning of love for others. And it's clear, John loves himself. You know what I'm saying? And I mean that in a bad way. You know what's funny about my relationship with John? I, I literally feel feel he's one of the coolest people on the planet. He's just cool, you know what I mean? And, and I always feel like someday he's gonna figure out that I shouldn't be sitting at his lunch table. You know what I mean? Like one day he's like, you know what, man? Why don't you go sit over there? (laughs) Like like it's a trick. Like I'm like, I just try to act like I got it all together so you don't figure out I'm not supposed to be at the cool kid's table. You know what (laughs) I mean? The Bible makes it clear, though, is that the beginning of love for others is love for yourself. It's, it's why the Bible says in Galatians 5.14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so it's funny. People always think these, these scriptures don't apply to the marriage relationship. And so when John loves his bride as he loves himself, he's fulfilling the law of Christ. Christ looks down and says, good job, John. You're doing what I asked you to do. You're loving your neighbor as yourself. The Bible says in Proverbs 11:17, the merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. Wow. Why, why, why would a man who, uh, who, who's trying to take care of his bride trouble his own flesh? Let me see if I can do this again. El hombre misericordioso se hace bien a sí mismo, pero el si asimismo se hace daño. All right? Yes. Don't be loco in la cabeza. Okay? Don't have the crazy head. Why? Why would you do that? Makes no sense. He loves his bride because he doesn't hate himself. And when you look at them in their relationship, you can't think but about anything but love. See, John loves his bride, Kaya, because they have become one flesh. One flesh. They, they've produced offspring, right? Judah and heaven, they're great kids. They're, they're the culmination of their love. They're the living example of them becoming one flesh. And it's funny, as they get older, you see that they're, 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 they've got looks that look like John and looks that look like Kaya. They got personality like John and personality like Kaya. They're becoming their own little humans, uh, where they'll go get jobs and pay their own bills one day, and, uh, but, but they're the, the example of them becoming one flesh. Why would he ever hurt their mother? He wouldn't, because they become one flesh. The Bible says, Jesus said, Jesus actually, in Mark 10, 7 and 8, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. They are no longer two but one. And I guarantee you, when 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 one of them is without the other, your first question is, hey, where's John? Hey, where's Kaya? Where are they at? Because they are always together. They're always together. They're the same person. John and Kaya, John is Kaya and Kaya is John. They they are so much one flesh. You know, <laughs> when we were at lunch the other day, you should see, if you haven't watched, pay attention and look at the way that Kaya looks at John. She looks at him with these, like, I, he was talking about, I don't know, guacamole or something we were out to eat, and she's just like, he's the smartest man alive. That man can do no wrong. Her eyes get a little glazy, and she's like, mm-mm-mm, that is so good. See, when, when John loves his bride, he shows the world that she is his everything. Yes. Yes, sir. And in all the time that we hang out, and And again, man, I'm just here to preach the truth. Me and John are both good-looking men. And uh, and, and all the time... You know, I told you to laugh when it was funny. I'm more humble than you are. All right, and so uh, when we're out together, women do not pick up on John Butcher. They don't give him phone numbers. They don't talk to him because in the way he carries himself with his eyes, with his mouth, and with his body, is he's a taken man. No woman would ever think to come because his heart belongs to his bride. He doesn't want to cheat on her. He doesn't want to connect with anyone else but her. And if he ever slept with somebody who wasn't his bride, that would be adulterous fornication. 1 Corinthians 6.16, or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her for the two, he says, shall become one flesh? See, John loves his bride because she respects him. Kai respects John. You can see it in the way she talks to him. And, and, And don't think about it some weird kind of way, but because we're friends with the butchers, Crystal and I get a window into their lives that, frankly, none of you will get just because it's just how it is, man. Uh, I don't mean it in a bad way. You can't, uh, you can't have a pastor that's friends with 300 people from his church. It just doesn't work that way. But in, I will let you know behind the scenes, when I'm with them, Kaya respects John. I mean, we, we spent the entire day yesterday watching college football at their house. Just a bunch, some were good, some were bad. But uh, I mean, you know, we ate and we hung out. When we're alone with John and Kaya, you still see the way that she addresses him, the way that she talks to him and she talks about him. There's never an ounce of disrespect that comes out of her mouth because she's submitted to her husband. Uh, The the Bible says in Esther 1.20 that all wives will honor their husbands, both great and small. And and, and she never makes John feel disrespected because she's submitted to his headship. She always honors him. She she lives out the scripture, wives submit to your husbands. There's nothing John wouldn't do for his bride. There's nothing he wouldn't do for his kaya. Once, now, now, married men can identify with this, is that once you get married, you realize how much it's going to cost you. Come on, man. It just costs everything. That's <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like, when I was a young man, I had $20 in my pocket. Now that I'm an older man, I still only got $20 in my pocket. There's, there's no limit to what your wife is entitled to. You're, when, <laughs> when, when, yeah, all the guys, what are you talking about? <laughs> happy wife, happy life. You know what I mean? She can just have everything. It's a whole lot easier if she just gives it. And then I'm in the kitchen like, how much do I get this week? You know what I mean? <laughs> My wife's entitled to it all. is entitled to it all. Uh, she's entitled to every dollar that John has because she is his everything. John told me years ago how one time he took her on a shopping spree and said, I think it was at an outlet mall, and it was for her birthday. He said, buy whatever you want. And she, said, and she said, what's the limit? He said, no limit, buy whatever you want. Now, now I haven't received that word from the Lord from my wife yet, but uh, you can pray for me and pray for her, but John, John had a, a, a spirit of generosity came upon him with his wife. You know, uh, if, if you wanna go to a dysfunctional church, find one where the, where the husband and wife... Uh, have a, a limit where at one point they're going to get a divorce. If you want to find a healthy church, you find a husband and wife that say, we are never going to get divorced. They're never going to get divorced. It's not a word that's even spoken in their home. They're going to work through everything. They're going to walk through everything together. If that word even comes out, I will be on the next plane. I'll be down. I, I can be down here in a short amount of time. And, and, and what's interesting, you can build something when you take the word divorce Out of a relationship. (sighs) This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. This Come on. is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ Come on. Come on. and the church. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. People read Ephesians 5 at every wedding And they missed the point of the entire scripture. It's not a scripture about marriage. It's a scripture about the church. And when you see a family that lives out the Bible, it says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. John can love Kaia because he's given himself to her. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself to her. John loves his bride with the word of God because he wants her to grow spiritually that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. John loves his bride because he wants her to make heaven that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. He loves his bride because he loves himself. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. He loves his bride because they become one flesh. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone. John loves his bride because she respects him. Uh, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Have you given yourself to the bride of Christ? Husbands, love your own wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself to her. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Don't miss the context. Many of you do not have spiritual growth and victory over sin because you refuse to give yourself to the bride. You refuse. You refuse. You refuse to fully submit to Christ's church. And those of you that have rejoiced today, I commend you before God Almighty that you've submitted to his church. And it's not even that. And, and, and don't get it twisted. People want to twist this sermon and say, oh, well, he thinks this is the only church on heaven. This is not the only church on this earth. There are many churches that love Jesus and love the Bible and love people that are going to make it when the, the, the trumpet sounds but you need to be submitted to the local church. Yes. Submitted. The church isn't a consumer entity. Yes. There are no yes. golden arches on the front door. This isn't Walmart where you, where you say, oh, I'm gonna go somewhere where there's lower prices. Come on. Wow. Wow. It's just somewhere that costs me less. Wow. Somewhere where, where I don't have to be submitted. Free. Free. It's not a consumer entity. The story of this church is not about you. You are not the hero of this story, Jesus is. The story of your life is preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. That's the story of your life. Preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. People should forget you and remember Jesus. They should remember his church. The Bible says in 1 Timothy that the, this is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. This church was purchased with the blood of Jesus. Yes. This isn't a building. This is a church. Because oh, well, I don't like it anymore. Why, why they got to reach more people? Why, why they got to take down walls? I like the comfy church where I'm a somebody. I'm going to go find somewhere else where I can be a big fish again. Do you live by the word to grow spiritually? Are you living by the word? Are you being sanctified? It's, it's only through the word that it's possible. Yes. I wish you guys knew what I'd be like without the word. Come on. You would not like me. I don't like me without the word. Yes. See, the, the only difference between you and me might be is I know the depravity that lives inside of me. Yes. I know it. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, if any man be upset with you, don't be upset with him because you are a far worse man than he thinks you to be. This is not Burger King. You will not have it your way. Live by the word. Live by the word. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. You you know what the translation of pastor won't listen to me is? It means he's not going to change what the Bible says. That's what the translation is. If you're not doing things the Bible way, you won't get the Bible results. Here's a question. Do you want your church to go to heaven? This is Christ's church, which you are the members. That's what the Bible says. Are you advancing her? Are you doing all that you can to to nourish her and take care of her? Verse 27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. This is Christ's bride. Prepare her for the bridegroom. Prepare her. Prepare her. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church you love your church as you love yourself? Come on. See, again, I know what lives inside of me. I do. You, you have me over to your house and, and say, oh, pastor, you want to come over for a meal? I'm always down to eat, okay? I, I always got spot for something. I love eating. It's fine. And if, I, and if I went to your house and you prepared a meal and we stood in your kitchen What I do when the food comes out is mentally I'm preparing for how I'm getting the big piece of chicken. (laughs) It's what I do like uh, because I'm big and I have high caloric needs. And so (laughs) when the food comes out, I will look at it and I will begin to conspire in my heart of how I'm going to be first in the line to get the chicken. And you will say to me, oh, pastor, please go first. And I will kindly say, oh, no, it's fine. Somebody else can go first. On the inside, I'm thinking, big piece of chicken. <laughs> like, the, the, the measure of my selfishness has no bounds. Am, am I, at my house, and I know I, some of y'all going to have to be real. It's church. I know that sometimes at my house, I'll get done with my meal, and I'll start thinking about the ice cream that's in the thing, and I know there's only this much left, and I got two kids, so I'll just kind of run over there, put it in my bowl really fast, get down to my chair, and start eating like this. My kids come in the kitchen, hey, what happened to all the ice cream? am like, oh, we ran out. I'm sorry, kids. No ice cream for you. <laughs> you can't be me first and church first at the same time. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. People will take care of everything for themselves before taking care of the church. God. Listen, man, you ain't helping the church by bringing down your old tube TVs. No like, much. they just, <laughs> you know, Pastor, I got this old toaster. My family bought a new one, but we ha- this toaster got a lot of mileage left. I know we went down to Walmart and spent $9 on a brand new Hamilton Beach one for our own family, but you can have the old GE one from the 70s that'll short out the electricity. Have you become one flesh with the church? On. One flesh. See, see. I, I think it's funny. The people that always have a problem with this sermon don't read their Bibles. For for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we, you and I, are members of His body, of His flesh and of His bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. On. This is a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church. No one would applaud an earthly relationship that someone took advantage of a woman, but people do it spiritually every week. If I brought my wife with me down from the Pacific Northwest and I brought a girl with me on the side that I was taking from that I was not committed to, none of you would stand like, he's such a good pastor. He's taking the benefits of the relationship without being committed to the relationship but it's spiritual fornication that happens in the church every week. People love the music. They love the preaching. They they love being a part of it, but they have not become one flesh with the church because they just want to take the benefits of the relationship without being committed to the relationship. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Fornicate and don't even pay child support. Are you supporting your church? Because if it's your flesh, you'll nourish it, amen? Amen. Do you respect Jesus like a bride does her husband? Come on. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and see that the, the wife, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Do you speak against your church? Come on. Do you? Because if you're a man that speaks against your wife, you're not a man in my book. Come on. Oh. Why would you do that, man? You got problems with your wife? Take it up with your wife. Don't go around talking bad to her, so she has difficulty making friendships because of your inability to fix your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. How do you talk about your pastors? Some, this is a man of character. It's yes. a man of character. And it's very interesting. Now, now I'm going to... Let me step into the flesh for a minute here. If you don't want to listen to this, you don't have to. Just check out. But it's interesting that every pastor I know always has problems with people in his church when he's a man of honor. So either every pastor that I know, and I know at least probably 100 pastors, Either every 100 pastor that I've ever met is a complete dirtball, dirtbag, dirt bag, doesn't know what he's doing, and everybody in the church is right, or the problem is people can't get their hearts right towards wow. the man of God that's leading the church. <laughs> Lastly, would you, willing, would you be willing to do anything for the bride? A man I'm willing to die for his bride is no man. He's a coward and he should be scorned. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that cowards have their place in the lake of fire. If you and I went out to lunch today and there was something dangerous that happened and I pushed my bride towards the danger and then I ran away from my own safety, you would never say, Matt's a good man. If I protected my bride and I stood before her and I said, you know what? I will stand in the gap to protect my bride. You would call me a hero. And then people would write songs about me, amen? (laughs) Any man who constantly thinks about divorcing his bride or threatening his bride is no man. See, my my relationship with my wife has been together, we've been together for 21 years. The word word divorce isn't part of our vocabulary. And so she flourishes in a condition of safety because she knows she can be who she's called to be because she knows that I'm not threatening her with divorce. We have healthy kids that are confident because they know that mom and dad are never gonna get divorced. How, how do you expect that, that an earthly relationship, this is a great mystery, I speak concerning Christ and the church, is any different than a church relationship? When you constantly are threatening your church to say, well, you know, I'm gonna stay here until, until this happens. And then I'm out of here. I'm gonna go find somewhere else to ruin. Instead of getting your heart right and changing and saying, you know what, man? I'm going to submit to God. I'm going to submit to his word. I'm going to submit to this church because I guarantee you every church is the same, man. All y'all are the exact same as my church. You're just different names, different faces. There's no escaping it. The only answer is full submission. Make a commitment to Jesus. Make a commitment to his church. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Would you close your eyes? I need one of those. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? Just give a few more minutes for the Holy Spirit. Listen, I've had people get saved in tithing sermons. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit has touched somebody's heart today. You know you're not a Christian. You know you're not living for God. He's worthy, friend. What he's done for you on the cross, he's worthy of your life give it to him and say, Lord, I will worship you and I will serve you with everything that I have. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never asked for forgiveness of sins and you're ready to become a Christian this morning, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. If you need to make that decision for the very first time, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. Is there anybody that needs to do that for the first time? Handheld high. I don't, listen, I don't don't know what the Holy Spirit spoke to you through this message. I pray it was something. Just just repent. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeesh, I did not know. Thank you for the great mystery. Thank you for the great mystery. I want to honor your church, God, as the body of Christ. I will hold her in high regard. I will love her as a man loves a bride. Oh, prepare this church for your return and come quickly, Lord Jesus, for your bride. Father, we submit to your lordship today, God. We submit to your grace. We submit to your mercy. Father, let us be a church that is prepared for the return of the bridegroom, God. Let us honor you with our lives. We submit to your lordship today. We give our hearts in Jesus' name. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.